0: Lisa Kay, connecting the community on Talk of the Town. It's time for another Talk of the Town back in the KTOE studio on a finally Friday. We're checking in with My Place. Erin is back and it's been a while since I've seen you. It has probably a whole pandemic. A whole pandemic. Yeah. Um, Hopefully everybody was well and came out of that. But how did the pandemic affect My Place?
1: Well, in some really challenging ways, but I think we came out okay and, and stronger for it. Uh, we we didn't miss a beat. We stepped right into distance learning. We served kids throughout that period. And I think being a small, nimble nonprofit, uh, we were able to make quick pivots to serve our kids and families.
0: I, uh, we should probably tell people what my place's mission is if you don't know, um, and that's why I ask, because you were so connected to being in person with the community and community members that that portion of the pandemic where we weren't able to have that connection, I watched a bunch of different entities have to do that pivot that you talk about but tell us the mission
1: yeah so we are an out-of-school program for kids who are in kindergarten through eighth grade we serve kids after school during the school year until from after school until 6 p.m and then during the summer months we're open from seven forty-five in the morning until six and we are free which means that all kids have access to out-of-school programming
0: as they should, absolutely. as they should,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: and so when you talk about the kids that are coming, um and we've spoken before about uh, families maybe facing some challenges and those that aren't that just need a place where we've got some great adults. I actually know a couple of folks that volunteer and and work for you. um, and they just have nothing but the best things to say about the work that they do and how rewarding it is for them,
1: yeah, we're doing a lot, and we're serving a really amazing group of kids and families. I think one of the things that's come about as the pandemic has wound down is really figuring out more and more who we are. We're mm-hmm. still kind of new. Uh, we're only about four and a half years old, and uh, we went into the pandemic having been just a little over a year old, and right. and had to make some quick pivots to do the things we had to do. Where I think we've landed is that we want to bring the community together, and we want to bring all of the resources that exist in the community. To the kids that we serve. So, we don't want to operate in a silo. We want to work with the YWCA to offer Girls on the Run. We want to work with MSU to offer Handball Club to our kids. Mm. We work with the University of Minnesota Extension to offer Cooking Club. There are a number of organizations that we partner with to who are bringing great programming to us so that our kids have access.
0: Are you constantly on the lookout for programs like that, that would be beneficial
1: for the kids that you serve? We are, you know, I think about the things that my kids had the opportunity to take advantage of in our community. It's hard to get to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, driving your kids around signing up for all the things, the financial resources. And so if we can bring the great things that already exist, that means that everybody gets a chance One of the really exciting things that's happened in the last year is we've been able to partner with the Mankato School of Music. Mm. So they've brought an instructor down to my place where we're offering lessons. We, in January, began offering music therapy. Oh, wow. Um, And these are things that we simply couldn't do alone. But because we're partnering with other organizations and other organizations want to serve all kids um that partnership allows us to do far more than we could do if we were doing it by ourselves right and those entities come to you so the kids don't have to get on a bus and go somewhere else right the kid they they come to us and so if a kid can get to my place then they have access to all of these opportunities. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about um, what
0: those are some of the things that the kids can expect to do there. Parents can expect what if we are sending our child to my place for some after school activities and, and some uh, education and care?
1: Yeah. So a great starting point, I think, is that we're free mm-hmm. because that takes the burden off of parents to try to figure out how are we going to finance after school childcare and after school opportunities for families who are earning an hourly wage, childcare is largely unaffordable, right. and really puts families in a spot to have to make hard decisions. Um, and so, I think that's a good starting point. We provide transportation. We have busing from four schools, and then the My Place vans go out to an additional four schools. So almost every school in our district has transportation available, which is another huge barrier for for parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I really love about our staff is that our program director Brandon is the most likely person to answer the door. <laughs> so when parents come to pick their kids up at the end of the day, they're coming face to face with our program director. Okay, um, and and he works really hard to update parents on you know what was happening that day and and be in partnership with families. Right um,
0: when he greets people at the door. Um I just imagine uh, some of the connections that are made between him and the families and everybody that works there. um, When you have connections like that, you really form this special bond with some of those families, I bet.
1: Yeah, our goal is to be relationship-based. We don't want to be just transactional where Mm -hmm. we're passing the kid through the doorway. Um, We want to know what's going on with the family so that we can be as supportive as possible. So
0: let's talk a little bit about the building that you're in right now. This is the building that you started in, correct? Correct. And have we outgrown? Because I I was driving and I saw a sign and I was like, oh, there's a new building. And then I was talking to some folks in in the news area. They've got, oh, there's a new building coming. Um, It's here, but you're not moved in yet. So tell me about the old building and the transition to the new.
1: Well, it's been an exciting year. Um, We are currently located in St. John the Baptist Parish Life Center where we've been since we opened our doors, the church sold the building to a local developer last summer, and um, they have other plans for the space.
0: So you get that news, and what do you, as executive director, like? what do you think? You get this news like, hey, by the
1: way. You know, the church was so good to us, Mm -hmm. and they worked with us so closely that we knew that it was coming. Okay, Um, And so before it sold, we were already— preparing for our next step. On the um, look.
0: Right. We
1: were already um, looking and um, we're really intentional and research oriented as we were, were doing our looking. So um, we're now in a position where the new owners are starting to prepare for what's next in the building and and starting to do some remodeling in spaces that we're not using. Um, and that times out really well because we purchased a new building back in December that will be ready for us in September of this year.
0: So you won't be doing any moving until September, which is, a, I assume, a busy time because that's when all the kids are going back to school,
1: right? Or, Yep we're gonna we're gonna be quick and nimble it's, as always. It's probably always a busy time for you. I mean, there's... it is. It's always a busy time. There's always a busy season. Um, we're excited for the opportunity, and and we have so much community support that. Um, It'll it'll just go smooth.
0: Tell me a little bit about the new building, where it is, uh, who was in it before, and the changes that you might need to make.
1: Yeah, so the building is located at thirteen fifteen Stadium Road, which is right next to the old MRCI building. That's now the school district's early learning center. Okay, um, it's right on Stadium, just down from MSU. So a really great location. That is a location that our board, before I was hired back in 2018, before they rented the space that we're in right now, um, that's a spot that they were looking at. They, they knew that that hilltop area, that the All Seasons Arena area was prime real estate mm-hmm. for, for what we want to do and the folks that we want to serve.
0: I think that building was the building that I got my COVID shot in, right? Is it, it is there many of us It probably surely
1: is. <laughs> um, the building was owned by the city of Mankato. Okay. And for a long time, Mayo rented space for offices and then vaccinations happened there as well. The um, city put the building up for RFP. Um, they were selling it through an RFP process last summer. We responded to that. At the same time, there were a handful of developers who kind Mm -hmm. of came together and said, we're not going to bid on this one. This one's for my place. Oh, my gosh. And so they didn't. What a great (laughs) feeling. What a great feeling that (laughs) is. It, It tells, I think, a really complete story of how many people and businesses in our community have come together around my place I think our community really does want all kids to have access to out-of-school programming. Right. Uh, Tell me about the building inside. What does it look like? How much space uh, do you move into versus what you had? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really appealing about the space is that it's kind of an open template. Mm -hmm. Um, There are modular temporary walls that will all come down. And then we have a blank canvas to turn it into the exact space that we need to serve our kids. We don't have a lot to work around Mm -hmm. because it really is just an open rectangle. Okay. It's about three times larger than the space that we're currently in, which is important because if you know volunteers or employees at my place, you know we are bursting at the seams. Mm -hmm. We have readers reading in the hallways to kids after school. We have science fair projects happening over our office tables. Um, we are using every square inch of the space we're in. So we'll have a little room to spread out. And over time, we're going to be serving twice as many kids as we're serving right
0: now. What do you do with, okay, you have this big space, I'm imagining. And um, my thought just went to, are any of those developers that didn't bid on it uh, jumping in to say, how can
1: we help you? How can we help uh, as a developer to maybe make the space what you need it to be and what the kids need it to be? Absolutely. Um, The first thing that many people uh, suggested was you got to reach out to Adam Steinke. He's your guy. Ah. Um, And so he's been working with us on on doing the drawings and really taking um, the ideas of what we need and putting that into a visual for us. Um, And from there, we did put it out for bid and had uh, local contractors apply or or submit a bid Mm -hmm. um, to do the building project. We've selected APEX. Um, And so they are working with us um, in the next few months to turn that blank open rectangle into something really amazing. And uh, maybe most exciting is that uh, we'll have an addition of a gym. Oh, wow. And so we have this space that's being remodeled into exactly what we need to do what we do. And we'll be adding a gym on to the side.
0: Okay, so we're going to be looking for big changes, big Uh, changes, big changes. And then what kinds of spaces do you need inside? You mentioned some different, um, you know, reading spaces before or science projects that are happening. But what kinds of spaces would you need?
1: Yeah, you were probably in our building in the very early days. I remember it was kind of classroom-like, right? There's classrooms. um, But in the early days, I think we were still figuring out who we were and what we were going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And now we have a better idea of that. Um, Right now, music happens in the room between two offices. Okay, You can imagine that (laughs) drum practice is a little loud. (laughs) And so being able to be thoughtful about, we want to do music and we want to do it well. Where should it be? And what should this room look like to best serve kids? Um, We'll have some indoor play area. We're going to have a playground, which we've been playing in a parking lot Mm -hmm. for the last four summers. We'll have, you know, some simple amenities like drinking fountains that really old buildings like the one that we're in don't have. Um, So there's some really simple, basic things. um, But other things like the size of classrooms, storage in the classrooms, Um, our staff have been leading the way on the design, which is really fun. Most of our staff are college students. That's amazing though, because when you work there, you know what you need. They know what they need, and I've had some ideas that I've brought to them, and they're like, That's not oh, gonna I don't work. Think so, right, right, I mean, <laughs> because they have to function within the space. So and they, to have
0: people on the ground actually being able to be empowered with those decisions and some of those choices
1: absolutely that means a lot. And to give that empowerment to young adults has been really fun to watch them come together and, and think and be creative about what our kids want and need.
0: Erin Simmons from My Place, my guest on Talk of the Town today. We're talking a little bit about the new building that's coming up, which uh, she said not moving in until September. And so some work is being done currently on that. Um, and the the work that's being done right now, I know you said you put it out for bid. It comes with funding. It comes with, I mean, somebody's going to have to pay for this. Can, can you talk a little bit about how you go about finding the funding for this?
1: Yeah. So we've been working on the fundraising side of things for probably a year and a half now. Before we made any decisions, we wanted to understand what the cost might be and um, really be thinking about whether or not we could make that happen. Worst case scenarios, we bit off more than we could chew. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking with community leaders. We've been talking with donors for quite a long time about the reality of making this happen. We started doing some fundraising this past fall. you know, in capital campaigns, there's often a silent phase where you're you're talking with um, donors who, um, just kind of in those early days. And we raised about 500,000 between a couple of individuals. Wow. And then um, you were we, quiet doing that. We right. were quiet yeah. doing that, <laughs> um, but it was a couple of individuals who came forward with some large gifts and then the Andreas Foundation. Mm. and MEI came to the table. Oh wow. And, uh, you know, we started looking at 2023 and thinking about, all right, it's go time now. Yeah. Now it's go time. And uh, we had met with the Taylor Foundation um, back in the fall and they scheduled another meeting with us late January where they announced what what their gift would be. Um, and so for this calendar year, they are giving $750,000 towards oh our capital campaign. Wow. And then if we match that with other community gifts and generosity, they will give another $750,000 next year. You have to match that then, right? So we got to match, match it. We have to match it. Um, our total campaign goal is $3.2 million. Um, and we're well on our way. So now we're really looking to the community and saying all right let's go and and really what the Taylor gift the Taylor Foundation gift means is that we have a match. Right. So your gift this year will be matched. And that's an exciting opportunity. It means whether you're giving $10 or $10,000, your gift doubles in size and it really does take take all of us to um to give to this initiative.
0: I know you're not the only person that feels this way, but I can tell, um, and maybe if this was television and not radio, people could see your face and how it lights up when you talk about anything from expanded space to serving the kids to those donors that come through for you. Um, When we talk about raising money to get you ready to move in and continue the work and going forward, what are we going to be seeing in the public? What kind of uh, campaign are you going to be running now? What should we be looking for? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we're putting together some really exciting opportunities, so I would encourage everybody to follow us on Facebook. Um, I will say that uh, there are very few people who like to talk about money Mm -hmm. and who like to talk about fundraising. So the thing that you're going to hear from me is who we are and what we do. We want to invite folks to come in for a tour. Come learn more about us. Um, Come understand the service that we provide and the programs that we bring to the kids in our community. And what our vision is for the future, we want to share that with you. What I see time and time again and the thing that gets me so excited about the year to come is that when the community hears about my place, they everybody comes together. Mm. And it really is the best part of the job is seeing the community come together to make sure that all kids have access to out of school programming.
0: They all should, absolutely. And if we have people that are out there listening, thinking, um, you know, whether it's leaving a legacy, a gift of some sort, or maybe this is all I can provide at this time, but I really want to help and it calls to me,
1: um, the best place to contact you is that through your social medias or your, your web pages? Yeah, you can check us out on social media. You can also go to our webpage, which is myplacemankato.org. You can call our office at 720-6898 and we want to hear from you. Uh, we have folks who volunteer time. We have folks who provide financial resources. There are times where people say, "I have these art supplies, can you use them?" <laughs> yeah, we can. Right. Um Do you so, have a list of things like that that you might need?
0: Hey me, you know, maybe we need snacks for the day or something like that. Do you have a is there a place to go?
1: Absolutely. I always think about consumables. Okay. Art supplies? We go through them, right? Mm-hmm. Once, there's only so much ink in the marker, and then we need a new marker, right? Um, and then snacks, uh, prepackaged snacks are are um, we're going through those. Uh, I know how kids eat. You and I both know how kids it's eat. It's really so. <laughs> something, um, and so we can always use those prepackaged snacks. Um, sporting equipment, you know, there's there's all kinds of things that are beneficial to us. If we could talk about volunteers, we can absolutely. That was my next question, actually. Okay, so. We have an AmeriCorps member who's working with us this year. He's doing all of our volunteer coordination. It's the first time we've had somebody who's just doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, For folks who don't know what AmeriCorps is, it's similar to Peace Corps, but it's here in the States. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Matthew has been coordinating our volunteers. And back in October, I said, gosh, how many volunteer spots have we filled in the month of October? And, And that was the first time that we'd really tried to wrap our mind around Per month, what are we looking at? Two hundred and fifty slots in the month of October alone, and that is consistent. We see that every month. That was just the first time that we'd stop to say, "How many have there been?" Right. So, again, you know, it's it takes everybody and all the things that people have. Some Mm -hmm. people have some time to give. Some people have some finances to give. um, But we all have an opportunity to engage. Yeah, absolutely. Our volunteers are doing all kinds of things for us. We have volunteers who come and spend a few hours a week reading one-on-one with kids. We have volunteers who think, I'm not really sure I want to volunteer with the kids. What else can I do? We have meals donated from the wooden spoon, Mm. and Mm -hmm. we need someone to pick them up every day. It's a hot meal. Pick them up. Deliver them. You see us at the door, and that's it. It's about a 20-minute commitment. We have a lot of retired volunteers right now who are serving as van drivers for us. And so they're going out to the schools and picking kids up after school.
0: Bringing them to you to make sure that they get their programming. I love
1: that. There's always a way you can help. Always. Um, And so if you feel
0: called to give, like I said, time, talent, finances, whatever it is that you have, um, and want to give back to the kids of this community, my place is certainly uh, looking for you. And can definitely put you good work there. Erin, um, we're going to share all of the links that you sent to us on the bottom of this interview on the show notes. Please come back and update. Yeah. Um, because I know that as you get busy packing things up and moving things across town, uh, there might be a call for some more help there, too. So we'll be able to help out. Thank you so much for all you do. We yeah, thanks for having me. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, my place And thanks for telling us a little bit about your vision and the future moving forward and that capital campaign that's coming up. We'll keep an eye on it. Thanks. Thank you.